the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Jesus did not say, my house will be a house of programs. Jesus didn't say, my house will be a house of preaching. Now, it's not that there's anything wrong with great programs and great preaching. If, but if prayer is absent, we've missed the main point. And that is precisely what we'll focus on today, the main point. Hello and welcome to a brand new week of programming here on Study Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Today, Pastor Leighton Sheely will take us back to God's Word as we focus in on powerful and effective prayer. Luke chapter 11 is where we catch up with Leighton on today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. You know, my grandpa was a preacher, but he was uh, also a wonderful storyteller. And I can remember as, as a child, me and my brother sitting around listening to grandpa tell stories. And grandpa was born in the uh, late 18, 1800s, and that was before cell phones. It was before airplanes. It was before cars. Grandpa loved horses. And uh, he, he dated grandma in a horse-drawn Surrey. You ever seen the... Musical Oklahoma, you've heard about the Surrey with the fringe on the top. And uh, he, told, he told me that one of the advantages of taking your girl home in a Surrey is the horse knows the way. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant at the time. But I gather it's something like put down the reins, put your arm around the girl, and enjoy the stars in the sky. And uh, please don't try that in your car. Now, one of Grandpa's relatives ran a specialty trucking company, and we think about trucking, we think about 80,000-pound freight liners and Peterbilts and air brakes and turbocharged Cummins and 13-speed road rangers, and they didn't have those back then. Uh, if you needed more horsepower, you hooked up more horses. And, uh, and so uh, his specialty, to, he, he would do things that other people wouldn't do. One of the, one of the organizations he worked for was a uh, lumber company, and they would occasionally have specialty orders, and they would have to pull these great big trees down in one piece, some of them over 100 feet tall, like the redwoods, have to pull them down in one piece and drag them over the mountains and down to the mill. And he was the one who did this. And, and so what would happen is, is Grandpa would tell me that uh, if they needed more horsepower, they just keep chaining horses up in front. And some of the, sometimes there'd be dozens of horses pulling these immense uh, fallen trees, and uh, so the, the, the front horse, the lead horse, could be so far out in front that if you went around a corner, you couldn't see. And so the driver had to know what was around the corner. And if there was a fork around the corner, then the driver would call out, Yee! Or Ha! To the lead horse, so the lead horse would know whether to turn left or right at the fork in the road. And the driver had to trust the lead horse to not lead them right off of a cliff someplace. You know? Grandpa used to say things like... Um, don't put the cart before the horse. Don't put the cart before the horse. Now, that was a folk wisdom saying from a bygone era, sort of like don't look a gift horse in the mouth. 
And what it meant was that there were certain rules to being successful in hitching a horse to a cart. Uh, with the physics limitations and engineering limitations of the air, it was unwise to put the horse behind the cart. Put the horse up front where its strength and its intelligence was most effective. Don't put the cart before the horse. Well, there are certain rules for intelligent, effective prayer. And we as a congregation want to learn how to, how to be more intelligent and effective in our prayer life. Now, before we begin our study and in delving into the, uh, how, to, how to pray effectively, let's consider the importance of prayer. Prayer is essential for a healthy church. Healthy churches are filled with healthy believers. Healthy believers are believers who pray. Prayer is essential to each person's personal spiritual development. Show me a person who has experienced no spiritual growth, and I'll show you a person who has an ineffective or non-existent prayer life. Prayer is essential for personal spiritual growth. We're all born into sin. The Scriptures are clear and certain about this. Each of us has been born into sin, sin regularly, have an appetite to sin, and in far too many cases are controlled by sin. Effective prayer overcomes sin's appetite and sin's control. Effective prayer destroys sinful strongholds. Effective prayer overcomes addictions, depression, guilt, despair. Effective prayer transforms lives. It frees people from habitual sin. It produces real and lasting forgiveness. It shrivels the root of bitterness. It restores damaged marriages and relationships. It produces hope, joy, peace. It gives strength restores health, produces courage and clarity. It eradicates double-mindedness. It releases the miraculous power of God to do the impossible, and it brings glory to God. Prayer is as important to spiritual life as breathing is to physical life. If we go more than a few minutes without breathing, we die. We breathe without ceasing. The Scriptures say we should pray without ceasing. Now, if a creature is not breathing, it soon becomes powerless. And if a believer is not praying, we're soon powerless. If we're spiritually powerless, it's because we're not experiencing effective prayer. Now, if you think that you can't pray because you lack a passion for prayer, may I suggest that you may have the cart before the horse. Instead of requiring passion to pray, pray for passion. Pray that God will give you the passion to pray. Sometimes we lack passion to pray because we've never seen any benefit from it. We've never seen it work for us. We've never seen our prayers answered. I have to confess to you, I have no passion for fishing. Never seen it work for me, except at a highly stocked trout farm. I have no overwhelming desire to take my pole and dip a line in the San Francisco Bay. Now, some guys can't wait for it. They go through their workday constantly checking the clock and patiently waiting to check out. So they go to the pier. And I I admit these guys are wired different than me. Then after they've gone through all the effort to get the fish, they unhook it and throw it back. (laughs) The, The logic of the exercise escapes me. I think, what's the point? Well, sometimes we're discouraged because we haven't experienced answered prayer. We think, what's the point? James writes, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful 
and effective. The Bible promises that prayer can be powerful and effective. If our prayer is not powerful and effective, it's because we haven't learned to do it the right way. Now, according to Peter Wagner, the average pastor spends less than 30 minutes a day in prayer. Bruce Demarest has concluded that on average, an average Christian in America spends about five minutes a day in prayer, and an average preacher, about seven minutes a day in prayer. Jonathan Graff reports that only 5%, about one out of 20, churches in America have significant mobilized prayer ministry. And yet Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Jesus did not say, my house will be a house of programs. Jesus didn't say, my house will be a house of preaching. Now, it's not that there's anything wrong with great programs and great preaching. If, but if prayer is absent, we've missed the main point. Prayer energizes programs and preaching. Prayer invites the Holy Spirit to work through the programs and preaching. Prayer invigorates the participants of programs so that their labor is not a burden, but rather a source of expectation, joy, and fulfillment. A Sunday school teacher who's been praying and preparing for his or her old class all week can hardly wait to see the students. A choir member who's been praying for God's presence in a sincere spirit of worship can hardly wait for Sunday's worship. A member of a congregation who's been praying all week for God to speak to them through their message can hardly wait for Sermon Sunday. It's those who do not pray who look to the gathering of the saints as ho-hum, another Sunday, I wonder what's on television. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. American churches struggle in this area. And the result is that American churches struggle in making any kind of spiritual impact on the culture of America. George Barna has noted that North America is the only continent in the world where the Christian church is not growing. Now, by the grace of God, Church of the Highlands is not contributing on the negative side of that statistic. God is at work in our midst, and yet we have an appetite to see God's power released in greater and greater ways that God might be glorified. America's single greatest need is revival. Now, some people think it's economic stimulus or a revision of the tax code or justice system. And others think that our woes are due to the deceit and manipulation of the media. And while all of these and so much more need improvement, there is nothing that would contribute more to the benefit of our society than a true revival. In revival, there's a, there's a grassroots groundswell desiring truth and justice and mercy and righteousness and goodness. America needs a revival. America's churches need a revival. Now, if you look at the revivals over the centuries and around the world that have transformed societies and individuals, without exception, every revival began in prayer. Without exception, every revival began in prayer. Without effective prayer, there can be no revival. Prayer is an essential key to revival. Now, culturally, Americans have a tendency to evaluate rather than value. Americans have a tendency to evaluate sermons based on content or delivery rather than value God's truth therein. 
Now, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah in 55, saying, As the rain cometh down, watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. God's word will not return void. Void means valueless. A voided check is valueless. God's word is not valueless. When God's word has been preached and someone says, I didn't get anything out of that sermon, it's a self-indictment against the listener, not the church or preacher. The listener may not have liked uh, the preacher's style or content, but God's word will not return void, worthless. If God's word is being preached, there's always value. And we need to value far more often than we evaluate. Well, we are learning that... The preaching of God's Word and powerful and effective prayer go hand in hand. One cannot exist without the other. This has been Study Verse by Verse. You're listening to Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. To find out about Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, who we are, what we're about, directions, if you'd like to join us for worship, or if you'd like to know more about Study Verse by Verse, please visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And then come back and join us tomorrow when we continue our look at powerful and effective prayer on study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.